Welcome to the Way Forward Podcast, where we tackle the hard life questions so we can rest in the now and be equipped for the way forward. I'm your host, Hannah Fothery. Welcome back to the Way Forward Podcast. Today, we are talking all about pursuing Christ as an adult, how small groups play a role in our lives, how we pursue a quiet time when we're on our own and realize that our relationship with Christ is just truly our own. So today, my friend Brittany West is joining us. Uh, You might have heard me talk about Brittany and her husband, Sam, um, as I started this podcast because they actually have a podcast of their own called Deeply Rooted, and I highly recommend listening to it. Um, They tackle marriage and how to be married in just a biblical way, Um, but you can find it on Spotify. But more importantly, Brittany has become such an incredible friend. Um, We met via small group last year. She is so thoughtful, intentional, and fun, and I'm just really grateful for her and for Sam. So welcome, Brittany. Thank you for joining us today. Um, Go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what you're passionate about, what you enjoy, or what you do. Well, hello. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for inviting me on the show today. It is such an honor to be a part of The Way Forward and to just see the way this podcast has grown and reached so many people from when it was initially just an idea that you and I had talked Mm -hmm. about. So proud of you, Hannah. As she mentioned, (laughs) I'm Brittany. I would say that my hobbies include reading, cross-stitch, and being a plant mom. So basically all of the same hobbies as a grandmother in a 27 year old body. (laughs) I'm also soon to be a mama as well. We have our baby girl due in just a couple of months. I'll be taking on a new role with that. Mm, And we're so excited for you guys for her to get here. Um, So let's just start simple and talk about small groups. They are important. Community matters. So how do you think we should pursue small groups and community as adults? I think the best way to pursue small groups is to evaluate where you feel like you're lacking in your walk with the Lord, as well as in your personal life. Mm. So when I first moved to Knoxville after college, I went from having roommates and having all my best friends live at the most like two miles away to knowing pretty much no one and having absolutely no girlfriends to live nearby. So I still had my lifelong friends but they were hours away. So throughout the week, I would find myself lonely and I just had too much free time on my hands. So I was just desperately lacking godly women in my life to enjoy going to the movies with or grabbing coffee, things like that. Um, And then, you know, fast forward a few years later, um, my husband Sam and I found ourselves with not many couple friends. We both had our individual circle of friends Um, But there wasn't much overlap of that with people that were in similar stages of life. So we were in need of a community together with other godly believers that kind of understood what marriage is and the highs and lows of that. Mm, I love that. And I, as I'll kind of share a little later, you know, everything that you said is, is what I went through when I first moved to Knoxville as well. And, you know, we've talked with you and Sam about how our journey to find community as a married couple was a struggle at first, but even individually was a struggle. So um, if you're listening to this and you're struggling with community as a young adult, know you're not alone and probably so many other people around you are feeling the same. And um, as Brittany is encourages, you know, get out there. And uh, I think what I really love what you just said is, you know, community is important because it really helps us see where we're lacking in our own relationship with the Lord. 
so going just a little bit deeper here, uh, one thing you and I have talked a lot about in this season is not knowing what kind of group we should pursue. You know, as a working young adult married woman, we can be in a women's group, we can be in a married group, we can be in a young adult group, and sometimes the options feel endless. Um, so how did you decide what group was best for you and what encouragement can you give those who are single, married, or in grad school, or working, or just anything in between? Yeah, so our church does an amazing job of helping people get plugged into groups that are based on different criteria. So there's the singles group, the married group. There's people that enjoy waking up at 6 a.m., so they have early morning groups. I cannot relate to that. <laughs> um, the best encouragement I would just give to those looking at getting involved is to be open to where the Lord is leading you and finding one. So one of the best small groups I've ever been a part of, um, I was actually one of the youngest girls in that group. The other members of the group were about 10 years or so older than me. And that's probably not what my first pick would have been. I was invited there by a friend. Um, but I seriously learned so much from that group. The, the women in it had just been through a lot of things that I was going through already. And so they had a lot of wisdom and experience to mm -hmm. offer. I love that. And, you know, I've talked with you before and I've even shared on this podcast that, you know, personally, my first year in Knoxville, I was in a women's group, a married group and leading a high school group. And it was just honestly too much, like three nights a week, you know, trying to pour into those people as often as I can. And, you know, Brittany, you and I talked about how much we loved um, our women's group. And for me, it, came to a point of this isn't sustainable for my personal life, my marriage, or even the groups I'm trying to be involved in. And so I talked to a mentor and her advice was that we all need a Paul, Barnabas, and Timothy in our lives. And I was like, okay, what in the world does that mean? But essentially, you know, we need mentors, we need associates, which are like, you know, colleagues and friends, and then people to pour into. And so Sometimes those people can be, you know, your coworkers, your community, your small group, or just anything else. Um, and for me, I realized that the Pauls or the mentors in my life were just people that I already just had naturally placed. They were friends, moms, or people I knew from other facets of life. And then, you know, the Barnabas in my life was like our small group and the people that we go uh, do life with every week and we talk to um, and at the time, like Taylor and I really needed a small group of married people to to know how to be married and know how to pursue Jesus as a married couple. And then the Timothys are, you know, my high school girls. And so I think personally, you know, being in a group that helps you grow, like that's the most important thing, you know, whether that's a young adult group, a married group or a grad school group, you know, go where you grow. Um, and it's probably going to be, you know, with people that you are in a similar phase of life with. So as an adult, what do you think we need when it comes to small groups and community? So I think we need to give and receive in small groups. There's a lot you can learn by serving and leading a small group, but I understand that might not be an option. That's a huge time commitment as well. So there's still a lot of value in just like speaking up and being vulnerable in the group you're already a part of. A lot of times there's others struggling with the same things as you and you can really benefit others by just being vulnerable and open and honest and at the same time 
we also need to be willing to accept the love and advice that others in that group want to give us. Um, over time, these people will become your family if you're willing to let them in and to just be open and honest with them. I think that's so great. I probably one of the most like valuable things I think you just said that I have never even like put in the forethought is, you know, one of the things we need most in community is like to be vulnerable and, you know, some of the best ways we can lead and serve and, and grow is by speaking up. And I really struggle with that. And I think there's been so many times, you know, our first year in our group that Taylor and I would drive home and he would say like, well, I know you have really good things to say. So like, you know, why didn't you say them? And I would say, well, you know, so-and-so like said exactly what I was going to. So I just decided not to say anything. And um, I think you have a really valid point that, you know, we probably are going through similar things with other people in our group. And, you know, if we feel it on our hearts to share, like we're able to connect and grow, grow deeper. So let's just shift gears for a little bit. Um, I think personally, you know, college and adulthood are those years that our faith truly becomes our own. So we're not under our parents' roof anymore. We face decisions and temptations every day that, that we truly are responsible for. And, you know, not that we weren't before, but we don't have our family, like parents to fall back on. And there's things that people may not know about us. So how do we proactively pursue Christ in this season of life? Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I remember when I was a freshman, my first year of college, I was four hours away from home, and it hit me for the first time that I have to be responsible for finding my own church, make my own church friends, and <laughs> this was brand new to me, and it was really intimidating, and it was really scary. I was only 17 years old, and I didn't really know how to do that, so I think we can proactively pursue Christ by reminding ourselves why this is a priority to pursue being involved in your church and your community, even when it's tempting to maybe like sleep in or do something else. I mean, there's always going to be an opportunity to do something other than pursue Christ. But I think the best way to do that is to just remind yourself why this is a priority and just keep that at the forefront of your mind. I think that's really good. I definitely, my first like three months in Knoxville really fell into that of I'm really lonely, so I know I need to put myself out there, and then I would just go home, and I would just sit there, <laughs> Oh, maybe one day, but that's so good. Uh, let's just talk about our time spent in the Word and in prayer. What are some studies that you've done that have grown your relationship with Christ during your adulthood years? So one of the best things I have done to grow in my walk with Christ is actually something I learned from my women's small group a few years ago. We spent an entire semester going through how to study your Bible. So as someone who got saved at a young age, I initially thought, oh, I don't really need this. This is kind of more for the baby Christians. But I was so wrong. We we learned how to break down a verse. We learned how to use a concordance. We learned the, the value in like looking at the same verse in different translations. We really broke down how to use a study Bible. I never even knew there was a difference in a study Bible versus a regular Bible. And so when we really learned these things, it felt like I was reading scripture for the very first time in my life. It was like this whole new world. And it was so fruitful in the way the Lord started speaking to me through his word. If I really just took the time to not just read it as like I'm reading a book, but to really just immerse myself in what God is trying to tell me. I That's awesome. I am with you in terms of, you know, reading a study Bible and how a study Bible can 
explain, you know, the historical context of what you're reading, or even say, you know, this is what this word means in Hebrew or Greek. And, you know, I don't even know that I've done a study that deep to understand God's word. And maybe that's something I need to do because I know sometimes I'll read and I'm like, okay, what, what does this mean? And I don't ever know how to go too deep. But uh, one thing I learned to do in one of my small groups a couple of years ago was the SOAP method. And mm-hmm. it's probably a little, not as in depth, but it's basically highlighting scripture that stands out, you know, the O is observation. And it's like, okay, where are these people at in this story? Like what is going on in this time frame? And then the A is application and you're, how can this verse or verses apply to my life? Um, and then the P is prayer and just praying over that verse and, and praying, you know, God help me apply this. Um, and I'll say, you know, one thing we've talked about too, is reading the Bible in a year and I've done it a time or two before. And I think it's awesome. Um, it's really cool. Cause you, for a year, you're like, I know I've got to read. Like, I don't even have to think about what I'm going to read. It's, it's laid out mm-hmm. before. Um, I will say some of the times that I've done it, I've struggled to really feel like I understand and I'm having to read like four or five chapters a day. And my mind can feel a little <laughs> tired from trying to understand everything that's going on. And so I did that in 2021 and it was awesome. And something I'm trying to do in 2022 is go through the New Testament just a lot slower and taking it, you know, a chapter or half a chapter at a time and really trying to understand what, you know, Jesus is saying or, or Paul is saying. So let's just talk from a marriage perspective. Um, how do you navigate pursuing Christ with Sam while also maintaining a personal relationship with Jesus? Yeah, so for us, it's a mix of both. We each have our own individual quiet times and our own individual relationship with the Lord. But then we also have moments where we come together and seek him together. So examples of this in our marriage is our prayer times, studying books of the Bible, our married small group, serving together, and then also doing like topic focused, like like actual studies together as well. And it's just one of the sweetest joys of life to share something so intimate as your relationship with the Lord your eternity, you know, with the one person that you can be completely transparent and completely open with. Yeah, I think that's good. I love the idea of a topic study and maybe that's something Taylor and I need to incorporate because I, we, when we first got married, we really struggled. Like we knew the obvious that I needed to have a relationship with Jesus and Taylor needed to have a relationship with Jesus. But we were like, you know, we're a unit now, like we're one, we need to grow together. And there's a weird balance of in order for us to grow together, our individual relationships with Jesus need to be in a healthy spot, but we also need to do something together. And so something we started to do was like every week we would read a chapter of a faith-based book on marriage, and then we would do a devotional together Um I think that's such a good idea, you know, to talk about topics, you know, how do we personally feel about something and what does the Bible say about it? I think that's such a good idea. Um, And even kind of looping back to those three groups I was in, a big reason I knew I needed to walk away from the women's group was because I knew Taylor and I needed to just grow more together because that was something that we weren't really doing our first year. So let's just do one final question. What is something that you weren't prepared for as going into adulthood, but you want other young adults to know when it comes to pursuing Christ in this season of life? 
Yeah. So for me, this is so similar to what you were speaking on about being involved in three groups at once. I was in a very similar situation where I had to also step back from a women's small group because I was just really desperately needing that that married small group community. And I've just learned that Satan can definitely distract us from growing deeper with the Lord by having too much of a good thing, which in this situation, it was too many small groups. I was not prepared to have to evaluate my time and energy. I was not prepared to have to really look at where my time and energy was going and ask the Lord if possibly not being in one of these groups would be the best thing for my walk. It was really hard because I loved these people that was in this group and I did not really want to walk away. Um, But I think other young adults might benefit from having your group of believer friends and to just love them really, really well. It's kind of more about, quality versus quantity you know you think about Jesus and he had his 12 disciples and he really invested his time in growing their walk and equipping them to go out to do the same for other people and if we did the same method I think we could really reach a lot more people by loving a few people really really well rather than trying to be involved in as many things as possible I I would totally agree with that. And it's a backwards concept to think, you know, if I invest, you know, relationships with five or six people or maybe a few more that we can grow together and those people can invest in other people. And that's a way larger multiplication effect of people knowing who Jesus is rather than just saying, okay, as an individual, I'm going to pour into just all of these people. And it, in reality, it's not sustainable. And I love what you said that sometimes the best way Satan can get at us is by giving like distracting us with too much of a good thing which doesn't make sense but like you said that was something that you walked through that was something that I walked through and I know I personally felt I couldn't go super deep with any of those relationships because I was spread too thin so um I would also just say that I know this season is hard I nobody really prepares you for how confusing or difficult or lonely some of these first few years of being an adult are um and as you've been saying Brittany get plugged into a community get um hang out with people go to coffee shops you know find a church that you know works and you feel welcomed and you feel like you can call home um and just know what works for you so do you have any just final thoughts or encouragement for our listeners today Yeah, this is kind of just an echo of what you just said, that community is just one of the biggest blessings of Christ. I mean, we were designed to be in community and to be the body of the church. And I have just felt some of the strongest love of the Lord through others that were the hands and feet of Jesus and just embodied his entire personality. So I pray I can do the same for others in my community and selflessly share that love of Christ with them and just my, my final thought is just that it's worth it to pursue. It is worth the time and the energy to love your people well. I wholeheartedly agree. And I'll just say that you and Sam do that so well. And we're so grateful to have you guys in our small group. And I just, I'm a broken record, but you guys, as well as the other people in our group are just like answered prayers. So thank you for joining us today um, and just talking about pursuing Christ as an adult We have one more episode of season one, and that will be next Monday at 8 a.m. So tune in and we will see you next time. Hey, friends, thank you so much for listening to today's episode and following along in this journey. 
If you're enjoying the podcast, please do me a favor and share with your friends or on social media. We'll be back next week to discuss a brand new topic and how to find the way forward while resting in the now. We'll see you then. Thank you.